thank you, Father, for allowing God to turn the all that you do to keep us in the midst of a crazy and mixed up world. We're so honored and privileged to be able to come and worship.
we praise God for all of our graduates, all of those that are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Um, we give God praise for you. Again, thank you so much for joining. If you're online and you're streaming, we ask you to do this here. Please share. Um, let someone know that you're here. There is a blessing in the house. And I believe that God is going to do something special with all the issues that we've been having so far. Hold on tight. Because God is going to do something special. God bless you and have a happy Saturday.
Because we realize, Father, that it is not I, but it is Christ that has woke us up this morning. It is Christ that has placed food on our table. It is Christ that has placed healing in our bodies and allowed us to think straight when our minds should be wrecked with the troubles of this world. And so we bless you today. We bless you today, God. We magnify you this morning. But just love us the way that you do. So, Father, as we lay before you at the foot of the cross of the Johnson family, and Father God, we ask that you will cover them now. You know what they need. You know the, the hurt and the pain. You know the weight and the burden that they're under right now, oh God. And so we're just asking that you will stop by each home, each family member, each auntie, your uncle, our cousin, the children of Annie. Uh, let them know right now that you have him, uh, that you have them in the power of their hands. As he may rest, oh God, let them know that one day uh, when the clouds crack, that we all will have that opportunity to meet you in the sky. So, Father, cover them. Keep them even now. Let them know, oh God, that you are a healer, that you are a heart, a fixing and a mind right there. Father, we ask that you will be with all of our sickness shutting this morning. All of those that are battling with health challenges. All of those that are under sickness and affliction. That you will do what you do, Father. That you will make your presence known. Be with our service today. Father God, there's been glitches already, but Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare it right now in decree that your word will go forth today. That praise will go forth. And that we will leave here better than we did when we came. Father, we thank you for uh, our, our, our visiting family friend, Sister Seth. We ask that you will continue to cover her and keep her over. Thank you so much for all of the family of God, all of the family that are here today. We praise your name for them. And we give you honor and we give you glory. Thank you so much for what you've done. We bless you even now for what you're about to do. Forgive us again of our sins, we do pray. In Jesus' name, let the people of God say amen and amen.
musicians, worshipers. Verse 6, that's right, yes, verse 6, not chapter 6. 
you know, I will do a little bit of response to the I'll start Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro with his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Herod, the mountain of God. the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord 
Bible says, appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and beheld the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why this bush is burning, but it is not consumed. And so for 40 years, Moses lived as an ambiguous shepherd in the desert of Midian. At this point, his life was so humble that Moses didn't even have a flock of sheep to call his own. Uh, the sheep belonged to his father-in-law, uh, Jethro. And so Moses uh, brought the sheep to this mountain, also later called Mount Sinai, but Herod probably meant the back of the desert. Uh, but it was at this place where Moses received his B.D. degree, you know, that backside of the desert degree. And you see, it was at this point uh, that Moses began to learn some things. Moses began to see some things. Moses began to experience some things. And it wasn't just that Moses saw a bush burning, but apparently it was not uncommon for a plant like this to spontaneously ignite in the desert. And nevertheless, we understand that at least two things were distinct about this here bush. Number one, the Bible says that an angel of the, of the Lord appeared in the midst of this bush. Now, I don't know about you, uh, uh, but I will probably be like Moses as he journeyed through uh, the backside of this desert as he witnessed this bush burning and seeing this angel in the midst of this here burning bush. But yet the Bible says that this bush was not consumed. This angel appeared in this here bush, which sparked an interest to Moses. Not only that, but the Bible goes on to say, but this bush was not consumed. And though the bush burned with fire, it did not crackle. It didn't diminish. Amen. No leaves curled. No branches charred. It burned, but it was not consumed. And that's not an amazing blessing. I don't know what it is. The bush was burning but not being consumed was a magnetic sight to Moses. It was something that called Moses now to stop what he was doing to see what exactly is this. It drew him in for a closer examination. And I love the way God is setting this thing up. Uh, follow me now. Because some think that the bush, uh, that the burning bush uh, to be a symbol of Israel. Uh, or some people might say uh, that God more generally afflicted this bush uh, to destroy it. Uh, because God is in the midst of them. But yet we can also say uh, that the bush was burning was a picture of the cross. Uh, some say that the Hebrew word used to describe this bush, it comes from the word to stick or to prick. Uh, this meaning a thorn bush or a, or a, 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 a we, we can think of, of the cross as Jesus was being pricked as he was on the cross. I would now like for us to take a great look at this because what exactly Moses saw, it was nothing 
an everyday occurrence. This is not something that happens on a regular. For verse 4 and 6 simply reminds us, says that so when the Lord saw that he turned aside and looked, God called to him from the midst of this burning bush. Once God saw that Moses had stopped and looked, now back to what's this. You know, so sometimes God has to allow stuff to happen just simply to get our attention. Sometimes we can roll right past the miracles that God has placed in our lives. Sometimes we can roll right past the miraculous that God has placed all around us. Sometimes we can overlook folk that God has placed in our lives. Uh, so sometimes God has to allow us to stop and look. And now I got your attention. Sometimes stuff has to show up just so God can get your attention. And so when the Lord saw that, the, that, that, that Moses had stopped and turned aside, notice what the text says. The text goes on to say that, that, that when Moses stopped and looked at the bush, God called out and said, Moses, Moses. He said to him, here I am, Lord. So God didn't speak to Moses until he had Moses' attention. Often God's word doesn't touch our heart the way that it might because we don't give it our attention. That's why sometimes we can talk in a setting such as this where we have the word of God being drawn forth and some being uplifted and some just leave. Could it be that we haven't given God our undivided attention? You see, the burning bush was a spectacular phenomenon that captured Moses' attention, but it changed nothing until Moses received the word of God that came to him at that point in time. So God called to him from the midst of this bush. Moses didn't see anyone in the bush, but yet God, in the presence of an angel, was there calling out to Moses from the midst of this burning bush. So we see this as God in the person of Jesus Christ, because see, God the Father, it is said, no one has ever seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who was in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. And that no man has ever seen God in the person of the Father. So Moses, Moses, God's first words to Moses, called him by name. Can you just see it? Can you, can you see it right there? Moses on the backside of this mountain. Moses is right there by himself looking at this bush, and yet he hears his name being called not once, but twice. Moses, Moses. Moses, Moses. You see, this is a double call implies importance or urgency as when God called Abraham, Abraham. Samuel, Samuel. Simon, Simon. Martha, Martha. Saul, Saul. This implies urgency. This implies importance. And so now Moses, he stops and he looks. 
This is not the to hold up Moses. Don't come no closer because you have to understand when Moses saw this burning bush, it, something about it just wanted him to get just a little bit closer. You see, one thing about the God that we serve, when you really serve, when you really know him, when you really get that experience, it just wants you to get just a little bit closer. It wants you to know him just a little bit more. And Moses saw something going on that just wasn't normal. When he saw that it was a God in this bush, he said, let me get a little so let me examine this thing. God said, hold up, Moses. Hold what you got. Don't come no closer. Stop right there, Moses. Don't drive me to this place. Matter of fact, I need you to take your shoes off. Because the place in which you are standing is holy, Moses. It's holy ground. So God tells Moses, don't come close. Stop coming closer. Moses was on his way for an up close examination of this burning bush when God had to call him to a stop. How many of y'all have to tell us to stop coming closer? Yeah. You're coming too close, my child. Stay back. Stay back. God tells him to take it off. Take your shoes off. Remove the sandals. You know how sometimes we go to each other's homes and they stop you at the front door. Take them off. Take your shoes off. Sign of respect. Sign of humility. Says so also recognize the immediate presence of God. And it may culture in, 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 in many, many of our homes. That's what we do. It's a sign of respect. So God called Moses to come a little closer. Come here, come here, Moses. Stop right there. I need you to come no further. I got your attention now. I got you where? Right where I need you. Right where I need you to be, Moses. Right there. Don't come no closer. I need you to play. I need you to pay close attention. And so God then reveals himself to Moses by declaring his relationship to the patriarchs. You know who they are, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God now reminds Moses that God, he is the same God. I'm the same God that was with Abraham. I'm the same God that was with Isaac. You're not experiencing a new God. No, I'm the same God that spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm that God. This isn't a new God. Oh, Moses, you're not experiencing a new God. I'm the same God. You can imagine Moses. Keep in mind now, Moses has been in Midian for 40 years now. He's been tending sheep, amen. Moses once was a proud young man, uh, being the ruler up in Egypt, amen. Had many under his command, a haughty young man, you know him. You seen him, amen. Had all the things that he needed. All he had to do was say a word, and that happened, whatever it is that he wanted. But now Moses is in a place now where now his spirit has been broken. His self-esteem is low, and he's in a place now where he's all alone, and God is saying, you're the one that I want. So God reveals to Moses that I'm that same God that you heard Jethro talking about. I'm that same God that your wife has been telling you about. I know you didn't grow up knowing me. I know you weren't raised knowing me, but I'm the same God that you've been hearing about for the last 40 years. And so God, God, uh, calls Moses. God reveals himself to Moses on a more intimate uh, level. Began to share some things with Moses and God reminded Moses of this bridge covenant that he made uh, with the, with the young patriarchs. And so in the days of Moses uh, 
as the children of Israel was in slavery in the very well go by. Amen. As if God had forgot about his children. You ever been in a situation so long where you just wonder where is God? Have you ever had an experience that it seemed like it just don't go away? 400 years they've been in bondage. 400 years they've been under the taskmaster whip. 400 years and it very well could be now. And at this point, surely, surely this is the way of life. Surely this is the way it is. Remember I told my wife early in our marriage we were having some challenges and she was praying and I wasn't. I remember turning to her and I said, what's the use? What's the point? We've been at this thing so long. If we've been at this thing, it seems like the more we try to do right, the more we try to return a faithful tithe, the more we try to raise our children the right way, the more we try this, the more we, what's the use? They ain't going to get no better. The children, I can imagine, why pray anymore? What's the point anymore? God had not forgotten about them. And so here he is, Moses responded as a man who knew he was not only a creature, but also a sinful creature. And what did Moses do? The Bible says that Moses now hides his face. In his eye, in the years of the wilderness, and many Moses might have remembered how he murdered the Egyptian. Moses might have remembered a thousand sins, both real and even imagined. Now, well, when God appeared, he responded in a way, a, a, a way completely different than he might have 40 years ago. Because 40 years ago, Moses was the man. 40 years ago, there was no need to call on God. 40 years ago, everything that I needed was right at my fingertips. Why even pray? But now you're in a situation. Now you're in a place. Now you're in a, in a place where now you are forced to call on the master's name. So God's commission to Moses is this. God tells Moses, says, I need you to go, Moses, in verse uh, uh, 7. He says, uh, oh, the Lord says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've seen them. I want you to know, Moses, I've seen them. I've watched them. I've never taken my eyes off of them. I know it seems as if they think I have forgotten about them, but I need you to know something, Moses. I've never forgotten about my children. I've never turned my back on them. I heard their cries because of their taskmasters, for I know of their sorrows, so I have come down to deliver them from out of the hand of the Egyptians. I love that part. I love it. I love what Jesus, what, what God tells Moses, and we're going to come back to it. We're going to come back to it. God said, I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up. Uh, you have to shout right there. He said, I have come down to deliver them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land. God did not just uh, decided to give Israel the land of Canaan. It was the same land that he promised to the patriarchs. The same 400 years previous to this. God said, this is not a new land that I'm 
giving you. It's the same man. It's the same man. So God wanted Moses and Israel to know his compassionate care for them. And so he's taking Moses on a journey now, right here at this bush, right here at this place. So he's taking Moses on a journey. Up to this point, Moses' experience emphasized the separation between himself and God. Moses could never uh, burn uh, without being consumed. In other words, Moses could not speak from the midst of a fire. Let me help you out here. Moses couldn't keep his sandals on in the divine presence. You still not there yet? Let me help you out. Moses was not the eternal God of the patriarchs. The, 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 the separation between God and Moses was real, and Moses understood. But yet God will soon show his care and his compassion to Moses and the children of Israel. God is separate, but not necessarily distant. God is separate, but yet God cares and connects himself to our needs. It may seem like God is far off. It may seem as if God is somewhere in the distance. It may feel sometimes, family and friends, that God is somewhere doing business somewhere else. Sometimes it feels as if God has forgotten about me, that God is not worried about my problems or concerned about my issues. Could it be that God is so caught up with somebody else that he's forgotten about me? But if I could just help somebody right there, and just remind you of that he said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That my eyes are on the sparrow, so I'm definitely watching over my children. What kind of God will come down from heaven, lay his life down, and then turn his back on his children? Is it not that kind of God? And so God said, I will send you the favor, Moses. I need you to go on the errand. I need you to go somewhere. I don't know about you. But that's a hard move to make. To go back to your past. Anybody ready? Anybody ready to go back 35 years ago? Amen. Any takers? Anybody ready to go back to that old relationship? Moses, I need you to go back to the same man that once had your faith on the most wanted list. I need you to go, Moses. Anybody ready? We're having Moses in the house. Anybody ready? I need you to go, Moses. I need you to go back. I need you to go and talk to Pharaoh and let him know to let my people go. I have come down to deliver them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you, Moses. If God said he would deliver them, they did, did it. Oh, why did he use, oh, I need to use Moses. And we understand, no, that God could deliver them without Moses. I know some of us will say, God, I know you can pay it, just pay it. I know you can deliver it, just deliver it. God, I know you can break it, just break it. But God said, let me explain something to you. And if I just break it, you will go back to it. And if I just deliver it, you will find yourself 
right there in company with it. So I need you to go through this here so that you will know that you 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 know. Because you know. sometimes we forget that we can't do it by ourselves. And if God always just show up, and if God always just give us a breakthrough without us experiencing heartache and pain, without us experiencing lonely days, without us experiencing heartache, God said, I'm trying to help you. That's why I got cancer in your life. That's why I got destruction all around you. That's why you're struggling financially. Because I need you to understand that every step of the way, you need me. And I don't ever want my children to live in this world and think that they can do it without me. I need you to know that you can't make it without me. So Moses, I need you to go back. I know you're running. I know you don't want to deal with it. I know, I know. I don't want to deal with my idea. I did it back there. Jesus, I told y'all before, I'm going to say it again. There are some things, and not just me. I know you've done it too. You can look at me like you want to, but that's okay. I know that. I've been around a little longer, but, you know, a couple of years, not a few years, but just a few years. And there are some things that I've done that I want to forget. I don't want nobody to know. Not even me. I had to leave Indianapolis. I said, Mom, I gotta go. I gotta leave. 
She said, well, where are you going? I said, I'm going to California. Well, where are you going to stay? I don't know. And she was just so, 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 so confused with, 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 with me just up and leaving. And my mother said something to me when I came back home that just helped me out along the way. She said, son, the same thing you did there because I started doing better. I stopped with the drugs. I stopped with this. I stopped with that. And started doing a whole lot better. Amen? Amen. And my mama told me when I came back home one day, I said, you know, she said, son, the same thing you did there, you could have done right now. I know sometimes we got to leave or we feel we got to leave our environment. We got to leave certain, certain situations. And that is so true. But why could not have done it? And Moses, why can't you go back there and do it? You've done it before. So why not do it again? Moses, you know, God, sometimes God uh, had to help us along the way. Because Moses certainly uh, wasn't ready to make that move. He certainly wasn't ready to go back. But when you have brought the people of Egypt out, notice what God said. Notice what God says to Moses when Moses asked the question, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Notice what he said. So, 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 so he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be the sign. Get this, my brothers and sisters. I need you to get this real good. He said, he, he said this shall be the sign to you that I have sent you. Amen. Here is the sign right here. When you have brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. I did this. Not before. You want the sign to be no, 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 no. God is saying, you see, sometimes God's sign comes after we have finished the assignment. And sometimes we want God to show up before we even get started. And God is saying, that's not how this is going to work. This is how this is going to work. I will show you once you finish the assignment. So who am I? 40 years before Moses thought he knew who he was. Amen. He was a prince of Egypt uh, in the Hebrew. God's chosen instrument to deliver Israel. And after 40 years of chasing sheep around in the desert, Moses didn't have the same self-esteem or the same self-confidence that he once had. So I will be, I will certainly be there with you. God said, I'll be there with you, Moses. I'm not going to just let you face this by yourself. You see, this is where our faith comes in now. This is where we have to believe now that God is there even if it don't feel it, even if I can't see it, even if it just doesn't make sense right now. God, I know you're there with me. I know you haven't left me. I know you're right there with me. Yes, I feel like I'm on the island of Patmos right now. It seems overwhelming right now. But God, I know you're not the kind of God that will turn me over to the wolves. So even if I don't feel you right now, Jesus, I know you have me. It don't matter. Even though the bills are piling up, God, I know you got me, Jesus. That's why I can smile. Even though it looks crazy, I can smile and be happy and rejoice in the name of the Lord because I know that soon and very soon, God is going to give me what I need. So who am I? 
I'm the right one. And so God never answered the question, who am I? Instead, he reminded Moses, I will certainly be with you. I'll be right there with you. Who am I? This, is, this really wasn't the right question. Who is God? It was a proper question. Not who am I, but who is God? You see, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I'm a, not who am I, but who is God? What can God do? What is God able to do? He said, I will certainly be right there with you. For after this, Moses had no right to protest further. From there, his objection was to move forward as quickly as possible. So God said, go to Pharaoh. Tell them to let go. And they will see. And they will know. Moses said, when they asked the question, well, who sent it? What should I tell them? He let them know that I am sent. Let them know that I am sent. Say, what is my name? I am. I have everything that is you. So when God reveals himself to a man in the days of the patriarch, it was often associated with newly revealed names or titles of God. For example, when Abraham encountered uh, uh, with Melchizedek, uh, we called him O God Most High. But when Abraham later encountered the Almighty God, then Abraham came to know the Lord of Israel, or the Lord everlasting God. Uh, the Lord will provide us. Hagar and Canada, you are the God who sees us. And Jacob met El Elio. Uh, all these names, but I need you, Moses, simply to let the people know that I am sent you. I am who that I am. It might seem illogical. It might seem irrational. It might even seem absurd. But to refer to oneself with the phrase, I am who I am. But yet it reveals something important about God. That he is no equal. In other words, there is no equivalent for God but God. If you place God on one side, equal sign right here. The only thing you can put on the other side is God. You may say, well, Pastor, God is love. But the truth of the matter is, if you flip it around, love is not God. Only God is love. God is greater than love. So you can't even put love on the same level as God. Because God is greater than love. Love is an expression of who God is, but it's never greater than God, not even equal to God. So Yahweh was not a new name. In other words, uh, this is an unknown name. It appears more than 160 times in the book of Genesis. Moses' mother's name was Shacharit, which means Yahweh is my glory. Moses and Israel knew the name of Yahweh. In other words, God did not give Moses a previously unknown name of God, but the name that he knew before, God called them back to the faith of the patriarchs, not to a new name. I am has sent you. Oh, I'll finish up here. I am has sent you. God told Moses that his name was I am because God simply is. There was never a time when he didn't exist or a time when he will cease to exist. You 
of them all on nothing or he relies on nothing for life or existence. In other words, theologians sometimes call this equality or this quality of name, but it means that God doesn't need anybody or anything that he can exist all by himself. Whatever you need, just like when God told Jesus, when He sent Jesus down, oh yes, I am has come. Jesus has come down to bring us up. It is also connected with the idea that God is ever eternal and unchanging, that He is all existence. The name I am is the sense that God is the becoming one. In other words, God becomes whatever is lacking in your life. Whatever it is, the I am invites us to fill in the blank to meet our needs. When we are dark, when, when we're in a dark place, Jesus says, I I am the light. When we are hungry, he says, I am the bread of life. When we are defenseless, he says, I am the good shepherd. God is becoming one, becoming what we need. I am whatever it is that you're in need of. I am the health that you're looking for. I am your financial breakthrough. I'm talking about from your bush to now your blessing. He says, I am whatever it is that you need. I am, this is a divine title that Jesus took upon himself, often clearly identifying himself with the voice from the burning bush. Therefore, he says to you and to me that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am, that's it. Then Jesus said to them in John chapter 8, verse 28, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. And I do nothing of myself. Oh, can I go to the further? Jesus said to them, most assuredly, that he says to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now I tell you before it comes, that before it uh, comes, that, 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 that when it does come to pass, you will now believe that I am. Jesus is the I am that is taking us from our bush to our blessing. And I don't know about you, but I need a blessing. I need a blessing in my life today. Because just like God has called Moses, He's also calling you and calling me. You see, Moses, you see, Pharaoh tried to kill Moses as a babe. King Harold tried to kill Jesus as a babe. You see, Moses was hidden from Pharaoh. The Bible says in Matthew that as an angel says to him to hide him, to hide Jesus from King Harold. You see, Moses was sent into Egypt to preserve his life. And Jesus was taken into Egypt to preserve his life. You see, Moses was saved by woman, his mother, Miriam, and Pharaoh's daughter. Jesus was also saved and helped by Mother Mary. Pharaoh's daughter adopted Moses and named him Joseph. Adopted and him. Moses became a prince of Egypt. Jesus is the prince of peace. There was a long period of silence from his childhood to his 
met you, that place where we first experienced you, to a place of blessings, to a place now where we see you in a whole new light. Yeah, while Moses wasn't able to go over into the promised land, he lived his life as much as best he could in obedience to your law. And so, Father, we know that you make no mistakes. We know, Father, that you see the end from the beginning. We take comfort in knowing that your eyes, you're on the sparrow, and that you're watching over us. So as we go, as we travel, as we move through this land, we're asking, oh, you. we're asking, Lord, we're seeking you to never leave us. And don't let us leave you. For you say you will never leave us nor forsaken us. But Father, what tends to happen is we leave you. We stop. We pull the plug. We go in a different direction. But Lord, help us to steady the course. Help us to stay true to the call. Help us never let go as you take us from our bush to our blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. the pastor another amen for that beautiful message from the bush to your blessing amen i don't know about you but i'm ready to get my blessing amen, amen. we praise god for that we want to just invite you to stand and we want you to encourage someone that their blessing is in church amen, amen. invite some of your family and friends next week let us stand as we're going to be dismissed. Father, we're so grateful and thankful, Lord, for your manservant, Lord, using him to encourage us, Lord, to know that you're right there by our side. Now bless us and keep us, Lord, and deliver us from ourselves, Lord. Bless us, Lord, to this end until we come back next week. Here's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise, Lord, you're worthy, and we give you the praise.
Lord, you're worthy. And we give, and we give you the praise. Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you're faithful. And we give you, and we give you the praise. Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you're faithful. And we give you, and we give you the praise. You're always making, always making a way. And we give you, and we give you the praise. Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you're faithful. And we give you, and we give you the praise. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're holy. Come down, Beverly. And we give you the praise. Lord, Lord, you're holy. 